0: Hello to our online community. Happy Mama's Day. Today, we are not only celebrating moms, but all the super women, super aunts, super neighbors, super friends, and super mentors. Thank you for being the best person you can be. We would love to know who's out there. Comment below and give a
1: thumbs up. Did you know that ECHO could be your place, your people, and your purpose? All in one space, it's beautiful. We are, encourage
0: you to take your first steps into life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.30 or 11 a.m. on Sundays. We'd love to meet you. Absolutely.
1: Did you know that we have an outreach team that is making regular efforts and making a difference in our city? Last week, we delivered a green and gold snack and drink basket to this school. These baskets were for all the staff to simply say thank you for sharing their space with us. We also put together a small token of appreciation for each individual staff member. How cool and considerate is that? Made possible because of your
2: generosity.
0: We also want to thank you for your obedience to God's word in the form of giving to God through your tithe, which, is, which if you don't know is 10% of your income as worship to God. If you are looking to give, Head to our website or text an amount to 84321. Hey, enjoy Echo Online Service.
3: It's a table with you pay. Land. Like you've done it before, you do it again? And the Lord send revive.
4: You would remind us of the rescue. You remind us that you have saved me. You saved us. It may today not only just be a, remember, a remembrance of, of what you've done in our life, but you would, you would continue that restoration process in and through us today. So all across this room, will you just put your palms to the sky as if you're receiving something from God today and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Would you continue what you have begun in our life? Some of us come in here with joy, but yet others come in here with despair. Some of us come in here with answered prayers and others unanswered. God, it doesn't matter who we are or how we came in. I just ask that you would meet us here today. Make us aware of your presence. Make us aware of how you are moving behind the scenes. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Come on, church, let's say that. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Here we are, Lord. Send revival. Lord, send me. You've done it before. We believe you're going to do it again. If you agree with that, will you shout amen? amen? Amen. Let's try that again. Will you shout amen and give God some, give God some praise here today?
5: Hello everyone My tennis shoes are on to move out today Who's ready? Uh. (laughs) We're excited we're not sad, we're excited, we're grateful, thankful, we are excited.
4: Slightly tired.
5: A little tired. March, I, was, I actually got up today and I was like, what, what happened to March and April? Yeah. Gone. Ready for spring. Raise your hand if you're ready for spring. I noticed green grass today. Christy's choosing joy. Welcome.
4: Hey, uh, we, know, we know that you heard in the announcements that we will be at Mayo High School next week. Uh, but I just kind of want to reiterate that for those that, that truly just sound out those types of things. Male we won't be here if you show up. It's it, We gone. Um, but uh, we do want you to hear that at 9 o'clock, and, or I'm sorry, 9.30. 9.30. Big,
5: 9.30 and 11 And
4: 11.30, and I only do that... I, and 11. we
5: need to go sit down and come back up.
4: No, no, no. 9.30 and 11. We'll give you a card
5: today on your way out to help you out since your pastors don't know.
4: 9.30 and 11. And uh, we know uh, that there's a good chance that some of you are like, oh, man, I don't want to go to church that late. Oh, we love the kids. Um, But... I'm begging you, would you just continue to go to the same service that you've been going to, just to kind of spread out the love, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and what we're excited about with Mayo High School is it's going to provide us a lot more space. Can I hear an amen? And in a room like this, you guys are all kind of crammed in, and guess what, man? You have got like a seat for each of your arms, so, and your body, so... Uh, Padded padded seats. Yeah, padded (laughs) seats. Come on, come on. Uh, But what I do want to remind you is uh, we are a church that believes in sharing the gospel and the hope of Jesus. And we think that Mayo is going to be a great opportunity for growth and for you to invite your friends so they feel comfortable with space around them. And so 930 and 11, I got that right. The other thing that we're super excited about is this, and what we're, we're not able to do here, is we have a lobby At Mayo High School. It's like it's like this is the cattle run. We're just trying to like push you out as fast as you can. When we're at Mayo High School, I don't think you're cows by the way. I I don't okay. I don't uh. (laughs) We tired. Uh, You can hang out in Uh, a lobby
5: for as long as you want. But we can hang out in a
4: lobby. And the last thing we're super excited about is this, is our kids' department have so much room. The cafeteria, and then we've upped it one extra level and said, hey, let's rent the gymnasium for the kids as well just to kind of provide opportunity for real conducive teaching for one group while the other group burns off all the sugar that we give your kids, and you've been hating on us for the last year about. So anyway, can we just... uh, you know what? Let's honor Pastor Sam, what she does in the kids. Yes. She we a phenomenal love you, job. Sam. So adaptable and so much more vision for uh, where we're going. And so we're excited.
5: And we just keep adding to your plate. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, just uh, we to, I do, do want to say this. Micah Murphy is not going to be able to wear a suit on Sundays. He's going to have to wear athletic wear. If you look for a boy, just look for a random kid that wears a suit every Sunday. He's my favorite. It's one of my favorite. What'd you say? Love it. Love me too. It. It's one of my favorite things here at Echo. He's wearing one today—a shorts plaid suit. It's awesome. It's so good.
4: What Christy and I want to do today is we want to take a moment and just reminisce the last six hundred days. Like I'm like that's exact. on the dot six hundred days that we've been here at the castle, and so uh, there are some fond memories that we have and some good memories. And Christy, you got a few of those?
5: Got a lot. I have loved everything we've done outside of the castle. I love the parking lot party. Who remembers that at Halloween? That was fun. I ate a lot of good food that day for our Holy Smoke cook-off. I think we should bring that back. Food Truck Sundays. Who was here for Food Truck Sundays? Definitely want to bring those back to Mayo this summer. I've also loved all the parties in the park when we celebrated our first and second birthday as a church. How about you, Andy?
4: Yeah, I'm really thankful that we're, as, as a staff, we're not getting any more parking tickets.
5: We know the meter maid. Her name is Janet, and she hits us up daily. Bye, Janet. It says in
4: the Bible we should pray for our enemies, so we pray for Janet all the time. So, anyway.
5: Andy just has faced his desk to the parking lot every day because yep. he's the one who's gotten the least amount of yeah, tickets.
4: We've, we've all paid for parking some way or another, so... Uh, you know, another another uh, fond memory that I have is uh, on Sundays, uh, the few Sundays that we've had, and there's a, there is a horse trough or whatever you want to call it over there. And we've had these amazing moments where we get to baptize individuals who are taking their next step in faith. And, uh, and it's awesome because we get to to not only hear that they have faith in Christ, but we also get to see it. And I will cherish those moments, Romeo, where we, we baptize people, where they said, you know what? We're crazy enough to follow Jesus wherever he calls us, even into the waters of baptism. Anybody else enjoy that?
5: Hands down. My favorite thing, my favorite memory here at the church is Echo Culture class. Echo Culture is a class that we teach every month. Woo, woo. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> And if you're going, what is that? It's a class that we kick off every single month. Our heart behind it is for you to learn about the church, learn about your place, your people, and your purpose. So we talk about all things Echo. And then our heart is for you to have better self-awareness and ultimately join the team and join this church body and become part of this family. And I will never take it for granted the power of meeting someone and learning your name to seeing you on the team and a part of this family. And I think... So often when we're signing up for something like serving, we can say, oh, I know for me I've done that where I'm like, oh, I'm I'm doing something good or they need help. But it is way more about what God wants to do through you. And yes, serving for an hour is awesome, but when I see life change and excitement and you guys doing life together and I'm looking around this room right now, Steph, Savannah, like joining this church and Ted and Donna and Ted first week here is like, I don't know about this place. <laughs> I remember. Oh. That music's loud. But now you are serving from start to finish and we love you on this team. And I see Ryan and Jill Hanson and I see Dakota, Zach. Like I just look around this room and you guys are a part of this family and it's not about us. It's not about... Checking that box, but it's about what God wants to do in and through you. And so if you have not gone to culture, don't worry, we're still gonna have it. Um, and our, we're actually gonna have one at our house. So let's, let's fill up our streets with lots of people on May 15th. It might be a crazy idea, but we're going for it. And then we will be at Mayo High School with culture starting in June. And so my heart is for you to not just sit here and walk out, but to build relationships in the lobby and doing life together. And let's be honest, portable church we need a lot of help.
4: So join us. Yeah, I th- when I think of the church, I as I was looking across as you were speaking, uh, the, the audience here, I have fond memories of learning names, specific names, and obviously not just learning a name, but but learning the person and becoming friends with them here. And so this morning as I was pulling in, there's a person I haven't seen for a bit, and but this person came to my mind, and I text him, and I just said, hey, I, we're moving out of the castle today. And if I think of any name whatsoever when it comes to the castle, I think of you. I'm just praying for you, and uh, and so so many fond memories here, so many awesome and amazing people. And the best part is, you don't get to stay at the castle; you get to come with us Yay! over there. And uh, so anyway, we're uh, we're really excited. You you just heard the kids screaming again. That's some. Honestly, one of my fondest memories here is when I'm preaching and I hear the scream because it reminds me what is, matters most here at ECHO, and that is our kids. It's what we call curating tomorrow, creating the best art for the world to see through our children. And so um, so arts and culture, baby, right there. Uh, anyway, that's another subject, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to delete wow, that off the we live are slipping stream. slipping in the comments uh, today. Getting a little spicy today. Um, I have... Uh, Forgive me, forgive me. <laughs> I'll just uh, start
5: singing again.
4: There's a story that I've not shared with, with the, the general uh, group here. Um, for a reason, you're going to find out. Um, but early on in, in, in officing out of the second floor, um, I had come upstairs and we were homeschooling our kids, which turned out to be the worst decision of our life. So,
5: <laughs> but if you're homeschooling, we think it's God, awesome. God we bless just, you. We I'm glad you have it.
4: that call. We're not, we're not. Um, anyway, um, I okay. digress. Um, but anyway, I was up here setting up a few things when I came down to the second floor. My my secondborn, Zakiah, says, "Hey, Dad, uh, there's someone in the storage room." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's strange."
5: Pause. She had already told me, "Mom, there's a random guy. Or there's a guy in the storage u- storage room." And I'm such a good mom that I ignored her and thought she was lying. <laughs> Well, I just let Randall just chill. So she goes to the parent that listens. Yeah, yeah, so
4: I was like, okay. My heart kind of dropped right away. I was like, oh, no. You know, like, shoot, what's happening? So I went, I, if you've ever been in the storage room back there, it you walk in, and it's kind of an L, and I came around the corner, and there was a guy, and the guy was wearing a security jacket, just like Ted, and uh, and a lanyard, and uh, and he was like, packing up a few things in my backpack and I thought that was odd and uh but he threw me off because I was like hey what, what are you doing man and he was like oh it's my first day at the job it's first day at work here and I was like really I don't remember hiring anybody <laughs> lately and uh and then uh and I said, well, no, but for real, what are you doing here? He's like, well, Jen, who's, if you don't know, she's our assistant. Uh, I mean, she pretty much runs Echo. Let me call her that. And, uh, Head and, of HR. She, and she's like, she, and he goes, yeah, Jen asked me to organize, which he caught me there. Because the biggest fear as a pastor is that I don't remember that I've met you. And I don't remember your name. And, you know, that happens more often. Or than, I
5: don't remember hiring you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> But he threw me off, and so I started asking more questions. And finally, I was like, ah, oh, this is just, this is weird. So I was like, hey, you know what? I, I kind of had him trapped. I was like, let's get out of here. I don't want to be stabbed today. And so I brought him out in kind of the general lobby space, asked more questions. And eventually, I said, you know what? Why don't you take the jacket off, take the lanyard off? We don't need you to do that while you're at work here. And, uh, and then I said, you know what? Let's call the cops. And at that point, he dropped my backpack and brushed past me and ran, ran out the back, and uh, and I wish you could have seen this because it was like me and like one of the cops episodes, and I'm running after him as hard as I can. I'm calling nine 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 one one. I'm in a hot pursuit. And uh, anyway, I didn't catch him, and the. Co-
5: and I started listening to our daughter. But it was. <laughs>
4: I know it's kind of a strange story, but I will remember opting out of here because of that, and, and uh, all the good times we've had here at Echo, at Echo Church.
5: I love our huddles with our team every Sunday. We pray for you, and we huddle together. And a lot of times, we'll put our well every Sunday we put our hands in the middle, and we typically, you know, we, we we'll say things like "We are the Echo," and then there's weeks where we say "Juiced for Jesus," who remembers the Fruit of the Spirit series, too legit to quit, all the rage. This is bringing you back. Nobody loves you like Jesus. So those are some of my favorite memories. And today, unfiltered Sunday. See you later. <laughs> I was
4: just thinking when Christy was saying what we say at the huddle. It's like like bad. It's like it's like a verbal bad digital billboard in front of a church, you know. But it's just in the huddle. Y'all you know, get what I'm saying? We always say really really hokey and weird things. So, join our team today. We are in a series called uh, Emoji. Uh, It's a series that's longer than we anticipated with all the things going on. So we're just kind of rolling with it. And I ran out of uh, the tap backs, you know, the thumbs up, thumbs down, heart. So I thought today, uh, why don't I show you a few of my favorite GIFs or GIFs or G-I-F, whatever. What what do you say? GIF. GIF. I say tomato, you say tomato. I don't know what it is. But as I was looking through some of these GIFs, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, you know, when it comes to our faith and and trying to pursue healthy spirituality, we have like a certain, uh, maybe a certain, uh, what would be the word, Um, a way that we kind of walk with our faith. And it also could be viewed as like we have certain personalities. Uh, or different faith, you know, faith perspectives. And so uh, I, I want to show you a few of my favorite gifts that I found uh, with that. And so the first one is a dog. And and uh, so sometimes in our faith, we feel like that guy right there, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, like we know we should be moving forward, but it's just so hard It's so hard. Anybody resonate with that, with their faith, uh, by any means? Okay, and any... Now, I know there's a bunch of dog lovers, but I do know there's some cat lovers. Any cat lovers in the house here? Uh, So we got Dexter over there, and that was about it. Uh, Right here. Now, there's so many things wrong about that. But so many things right at the same time, and uh, it's a great mop. Um, But let's... Can we all disagree that a cat should never be on a leash. Can I hear an amen? So if we're being pushed or we're being pulled in our faith, and, and, uh, and if I'm being a little honest today, like maybe that's kind of how I navigate through certain changes in my life. I'm more like the dog and the cat. I'm being pushed or drugged into the next season. Uh, but then there's like Christy. And, and, and Christy, when she navigates in her faith and her decisions and, and, and occurrences that are happening, she's more like this guy right here. <laughs> Anybody else like Christy in the house? Can I hear an amen? I see that hand, Sam. And uh, anyway, in pursuit of healthy spirituality, I want to kind of of use a little jumping platform uh, from a book called Toxic Faith. And one of the toxic faith perspectives that we can at times uh, adopt is passivity. Number 12 in that book is passivity. It's having true faith, it believes this having true faith means waiting for God to help me and doing nothing until he does. So a toxic faith, a toxic belief, ideal or belief system is having a faith that we just wait for God to do something and we do nothing. And and and, and what the author writes in that book says this, he says this this belief lays the foundation for laziness. And potential disaster. And the big idea I want you to take away today is this: is sometimes we wait for God to do what God is waiting us for us to do. I'm gonna say that again. Sometimes we wait for God to do what God is waiting for us to do. That is the the core. Uh, belief or core element of passivity for some of us in faith. It's that idea of being pushed or drug in our faith, just expecting that God is is in his miraculous way, just going to snap his fingers and we're going to be into the next season or the next place or the next level of our faith, whatever words you might want to use. So many of us, we're uncomfortable with getting uncomfortable. Where we're, we struggle with this idea of, of 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 taking a first step, expecting that God might meet us in the process. And so today, what I want to do is I want to talk about how can we how can we balance healthy spirituality, and where and how can we find a healthy balance between passivity and our passion for Christ, our passion with our faith. I want to simply ask and, and try to answer the question is, how do I approach my faithfulness and my faith in God or God's faithfulness? Did you catch that? How do we approach our own faith and how do we balance it with our faith in God and his work and, and, and his, his uh, happenings here in the world? And then how about this? When it comes to our life and our faith, where is that balance between waiting and really stepping into the spiritual warfare that God has called us to, to navigate through. It's the waiting versus the warring. And in order to talk about that, I, we gotta open up the Bible uh, and, and let's open up to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse five. Uh, contextually speaking, what has just happened in the story is Herod has killed James. James, the brother of John Mark. And he's done so just around the Passover. And, and, and around the Passover, you have to understand, this is not the same year that Jesus died over the Passover. And so I, I believe that the disciples and the followers of Christ, when James is, is murdered, as he's, he's executed, there's a bunch of PTSD in the place. And in the house and the thoughts, and they're like, oh no, here it goes again. It's happening over again. And now all of a sudden, because Herod sees that it pleases everybody or pleases a vast majority of the Judeans, he goes, you know what? I'm going to also arrest Peter. And he takes it pretty serious. He puts Peter in, in, uh, in jail. And it actually, it says that there are four squads of soldiers, which what you need to hear is this, is Peter's not getting out. Peter is not slipping out. He's, he's not like going to you know, dig a hole and go underneath the wall or bend some bars. He is in trouble. And the believers, the first believers, the, 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 the New Testament church, they understand that this is a dire situation. And so Acts chapter 5, it says this, so Peter was being held under watch in prison. But listen to this, but intense prayer was being made to God on his behalf by the messianic community. There's a scripture there and, and that that uh, Acts 5.12 is there. And I just wanted to uh, tell you today, I actually copied and pasted it right out of my Jewish complete Bible, the CJB, what I read. Uh, and so if you see that is Kepha, that's Peter's Hebrew name. And so Peter was in a tough situation. And today I want to talk a little bit about prayer because I think prayer is actually probably the balance between passivity and passion. It's kind of the go between and and going, okay, God, where do you want us to go? And actually getting to where God wants us to be. I think we got to kind of pass through prayer. And I think one of the the toxic beliefs that we have within our faith system is we treat prayer as our last resort versus versus our very first move. Hear that out. Prayer is our first move. It's not meant to be our last resort. I mean, so many of us get on our knees when we need something. When life starts crumbling, when things are not working our way, and what I want you to see within this scripture and in this dire circumstance, I believe it wasn't just this uh, this moment where they're all of a sudden praying, it was just a level up intensity of prayer of what and how they had already been praying for their early church. Let's continue on. This is by by far one of my favorite stories. It's one of the most fascinating, detailed stories in the New Testament and specifically in the New Testament church. In verse six, we read, the night before Herod was going to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and he was bound with two chains and the guards were at the door keeping watch over the prison. And then suddenly an angel of the Lord stood there and the light shone in the cell. Okay, let me just pause there. If you're anything like me, I just process through this a little bit. OK, he's in this dark cell. And what we find out about Peter is he's a deep sleeper. But we also probably see a little bit of an image of his faith, that like, like, he's sleeping on the night before he's going to be killed. Do you realize that? And so, so I just love this little detail. It says the angel came in and flipped on the light to try to get his attention. But nope, 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 nope. Peter is deep sleeping. How many deep sleepers are in the house? I just need to know. Yeah, I see that. hand. And so what we see here is, is he, the light shone in, uh, shone in the cell, and then this is one of the funniest things. He tapped Kief's slide uh, side, his Peter's side, and he woke up. He slapped Peter in the face, man, and he said, hurry up, get up, he said. And the chains fell off the hands, and the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, which, by the way, we find a detail about how Peter sleeps at night. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. And he did. He put his clothes on. How many say amen for that? <laughs> so he put his clothes. He put his sand out, he, th- he throws on his robe. And he said, uh, follow me. The, the, the angel said, throw on your robe and follow me. And, and, and going out, Peter followed him, but did not realize that it, what was happening and that the angel was real. He thought that he was seeing a vision. He was daydreaming. Or he, was, he was sleepwalking. And that's how it felt. And having passed the first guard and then the second, they eventually arrived to this iron gate leading to the city which opened to them by itself and they made their exit and they went down the length of one street and then suddenly the angel left him and then Peter came to himself. <laughs> I read this story and, and, and yes, there are some interesting details. But one of my first gut reactions is why didn't that happen to James, James is murdered, he's executed under Roman law. And Peter is slapped in the face and he's saved. And my thought is this, if we have adopted this toxic belief system that drives us into passivity, maybe the answer is right here. Maybe for some of us, we, we have prayed and we have unanswered prayers. And as those unanswered prayers begin to pile up, I think passivity begins to take place. There was a man here this last hour visiting Mayo Clinic with his wife. And he caught me after service and he said, man, your message really hit home because for the last five years we have just simply given up and praying and expecting that God could do something different. What I'm afraid of is is this, is that we become a passive praying church. I want to find that healthy balance of, 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 of navigating through prayer as our first move and not our last resort. I want to be a a, a church that says, yeah, you know what? I might have prayed that way and it didn't really work. But guess what? I'm going to pray again. I'm going to dream again. I'm never going to give up my faith that God is still going to do miracles in and through me and through us. Peter's response to this, is says, he says after he's by himself, uh, and you know, he also speaks to himself, now I know for sure that the Lord sent his angels to rescue me from Herod's power and from everything the Judean people were hoping for. And Peter runs over to, to, to Mary, who's the, the mother of John Mark. Uh, the brother of, of James. And they have this intense prayer meeting there. And this is one of my favorite little subtle nuances of the story is Peter knocks on the door and this little girl named Rhoda answers the door. And when Peter, when they see Peter, uh, Rhoda does, she sees him, screams, and closes the door on him and then runs back and interrupts the prayer, forgetting about Peter, uh, you know, and he's the one that should be hidden, you know, and uh, goes and convinces the prayer team to say, hey, you know, guess what? Peter's out there. And eventually is convinced, pauses the prayer meeting, and, and, and they go to the door, to welcome Peter, and they freak out. Peter's like, just chill out, shh, you know, like this is, <laughs> I'm hiding here. <laughs> and then eventually makes a decision to leave Israel uh, or uh, Jerusalem and to go elsewhere. And what I want to do is, is I want to look at that contrasting characters of James and Peter go, what can we learn between those people? I mean, really, why is it? Why did James, why was he killed by the sword? And why did Peter, why was he saved by the slap of an angel? And, and uh, you know, it, it seemed like Peter's end was imminent, and 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 unfortunately for James he did die and 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 I just I just want for us to get within our spirit again. I know I'm kind of this last month or so I've been kind of beating this drum really hard, but I want us to become a passionate praying church. But but in order to be a passionate praying church we have to be reminded that we live in a certain type of world with certain type of situations and and we've got to learn how to navigate through that and so uh, I found a book recently called how to pray by uh, Peter Grieg uh, and I think it's a fascinating book and in chapter 7 he writes a chapter about uh, how to pray through unanswered prayers which I, by the, by the way, I think every one of us should read that book. In, in fact, I would think everybody should read that, that chapter. And he talks about how his, his wife at some point began to have seizures and, and they went to the doctor and eventually found out that she had a brain tumor. So right off the bat, I mean, this guy is a serious pray, prayer warrior and, and, and he's, he, he right away went to God in prayer and, and, and there was nothing that changed. In the same process, he was going to a clinic and, and eventually they had brain surgery and took some of uh, the tumor that was out. And, uh, but at the end game of that was they weren't able to get everything and because they weren't able to get everything, she was still having these seizures and as this man of faith, he struggled with this idea of like, like, but Lord, I have been praying for you to heal her, but you didn't really exactly answer my prayer like I wanted to. And so he writes that chapter in that context and what he reminds his readers and what I want to remind you today is is of three elements that we need to understand so that our, our faith is healthy when we're going through circumstances that are good or bad. And there's three things and I love how he writes it and so I'm just going to repeat what he said and it's this, is number one, we have to understand that we live in God's world. Number two, we live within God's war. And number three, there's God's will. Y'all get that? So we live in God's world. There's God's war and there's God's will. So how do we navigate through that tension? With God's world, I, I, I took a few seminary uh, classes and, and one very mind-stretching course uh, it really changed the perspective of, of maybe a youthful thought of simply around a word called freedom. If you're anything like me, when I was young, I was like, yeah, God has given me freedom. Or I, have, I live in America I, got free, America, I got freedom. And as I went through that course and, and as I was stretching my thought and, and my mind, I realized, no, I don't actually, and this is more of a semantic kind of argument, but I don't necessarily have freedom, but what I do have is freedoms. I'm saying? Like, we don't have all-encompassing freedom. You all know that, right? And when it comes to God's world, the same thing is is we don't have freedom, but we do have freedoms. And I believe that God has created the world with guardrails and sort, and and he's made the world spin in a certain way, and we just got to live in it. Let me just throw out this word. There's science. Okay? And sometimes, uh, some of us, I might be stepping on some toes here, but we're like, man, man God didn't, you are know, like we, we kind of act as if God didn't create the science himself. Do you know what I'm saying? We're like, like oh, no, it doesn't work that way. You're like, no. Well, maybe God worked through that. This is how God's world works. Peter Grieg says in that chapter about God's world, he says, God has intricately established certain governing principles that make the world work the best. C.S. Lewis says it in this way, that God can and does on occasion modify behavior of matter and produce what we call miracles. It's a part of the Christian faith, he added. However, the very conception of a common and therefore stable world demands that these occasions should be extremely rare. We live in a world And God is created in a certain way. And yes, we should believe in miracles. (laughs) Do you see the tension there? I mean that's a hard that's a hard uh, few balls to juggle here, but that that is the world we live in, and we do believe that God does intervene, and I, I think He intervenes because the second iteration of that is that God's war there's a war that's happening. There God's war, He has a war, and we live within it. First Peter five eight says, "Be alert and sober minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion." I didn't say this in first service, but let me help you understand the enemy crawls around like he isn't. He is loud, and he is proud, and he's screaming, and he's yelling, and he's trying to intimidate you within this war that we live in. The, really, the founding scripture uh, and really the motivation behind Echo is John ten nine and 10, and it says something like this, the thief, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, that you might echo life. The thief comes in. We live within that war. Peter in his book says this, as Christians, we are not immune from collateral damage, and we are often the target. We're not immune. We're typically the target of what the enemy wants to accomplish here on earth, and that's what it means to live within God's war. And then the third is we try to balance out this healthy spirituality is, is and specifically navigating it through prayer, is we have to understand that God has a will. That there is a way. P.T. Forsyth says this, we shall come one day to heaven where we shall, let me say it again, we shall come one day to heaven where we shall gratefully know that God's great refusals were sometimes the true answers to our truest prayers. God has a will for your life. And then there's a way of navigating through life. And Ben, I'll welcome you guys up here as we conclude. But there is a way to navigate through this life and through prayer and through situation, through our healthy spirituality, where we have to begin to just remember that we've got to balance those three Areas of how God operates in this earth. I um, as I was thinking about prayer and as I was thinking about navigating through passivity and and uh, my passion for Christ and leading uh, this church and asking the Lord in prayer quite often, Lord, where do you want us to be? Um in that I've I've taken a lot of prayer walks and uh, I don't want to tell you today that just to kind of illustrate the unknown realities of God as I have prayer walked around this building so many times why do I do that? because in the Old Testament there's a story about the Israelites entering the promised land and the first city they, they come against God said hey guess what I'm in a war for you I'm going to have you walk around this city seven seven days. So I can tell you I've walked around this building seven days a few times. (sighs) We're moving out. And uh, that's okay. But that's the life we live. This is the faith that we've got to... Navigate. We have to understand when it comes to God's will, this isn't about Andy's will, this is about God's will. And when prayers aren't answered the way that you think they should be answered or want them to be answered, guess what you do? You don't give up on prayer, you pray that much more. So I'll tell you this, I have prayer walked around a lot of buildings in Rochester. Not as many as I'd like to because I don't want to trespass. I think navigating through that balance of passivity and passion and walking through prayer, I think we could illustrate it pretty easy through this umbrella. And if you could just imagine if I can exaggerate this just slightly, I think This topic is quite a bit like this umbrella, and I think sometimes what we do is we we get on our knees and we say, Lord, or maybe just passively just say, Lord, we just open that umbrella. I mean, it's rained a lot this last week, and, and just imagine yourself out in the rain, and you're like, God, just open that umbrella. Open that umbrella, Lord. Lord, can you not hear me? I am soaking wet. and then we look at that umbrella and it doesn't open and then if we're really, really spiritual we're really, really connected here at Echo Church we'll move on just from the, the prayer point of asking God and we'll, we'll actually send an email or a text message and say, can you put me on your prayer team the prayer, what do you call that? the prayer, the old school term, prayer chain come on, come on, come on and say, would you pray for me that this umbrella could open over my head so I would not get soaking wet what I'm trying to tell you this, is this, is, is although I do believe in prayer, there, there, there takes a moment where, we're, yes, let's lead in prayer. Let's invite people into our story and what we're praying for. But guess what? At some point, let us make the effort ourselves and open the umbrella. Maybe just like Mary Poppins. Sorry, I'm I want to learn to be a passionate praying church. I want to be a church that doesn't sit on the sideline but gets into the game. I want to err in movement and busting through a door than being drug or pushed in the sand.
5: We really felt that this was the time to enter in for all of us in this room to allow God to open the umbrella, for you to open the umbrella. And so I would love it if you could stand. We're just going to make this a space and time of prayer. Man, you can start playing behind me. As I was praying for you today, I felt God say, Jesus has not rescued us from sin, but he is here to teach us to a better way to live. He wants us to enter in on the highway of holiness. We must strive to walk with him every single day. And right now, I just wanna read out of some scripture in Isaiah 35. And I love the title to this chapter in my Bible. It says, the voiceless breakout in song. Today is about you using your voice. For the first 20 years of my life, and some of you have heard me share this, I did not know how to pray out loud. I did not use my voice to break through, to ask, to seek, to cry out. I passed a lot of opportunities. I was afraid. It scared me. It was weird and abnormal, and I didn't like it. And so I said, that's not for me. And then I became 20, and I was put in position from friends and pastors investing in me to teach me how to pray out loud. And I know there's a lot of people in this room right now where you have not been using your voice in this season. And so I want this to be a space in the next few minutes for us to enter in, to seek God, to use your voice. And I'm gonna just read some scripture over you right now. And so if you wanna close your eyes, you can open your hands, palms up, and just this position just, opens us up to the Holy Spirit saying we want to receive from you. And even if that's your prayer right now, God, I want to receive. God, open, I'm opening my umbrella to you right now. Wilderness and desert will sing joyously. The badlands will celebrate and flower like a crocus in spring bursting into blossom, a symphony of song and color, mountain glories of Lebanon a gift. God's resplendent glory, fully on display, God awesome and God majestic. God, energize the limb hands, strengthen our rubbery knees, tell fearful souls courage and take heart. On his way to put things right, to redress all wrongs, he is on his way, he will save you. Blind eyes are being opened, deaf ears unstopped, lame men and women will leap like deer, the voiceless break out in song. Springs of water will burst out into the wilderness. Streams flow into the desert. If this is your desert season, allow God to renew you today. Hot sands will become a cool oasis, thirsty ground a splashing fountain. There will be a highway called the Holy Road. And what I love about this is even the connection to Andy reading out of First Peter about the roaring lion being the enemy. It says, This road is for God's people exclusively. Impossible to get lost on this road. Not even fools can get lost on it. No lions are allowed on this road. The enemy is not allowed. No dangerous wild animals, nothing and no one dangerous or threatening. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The people God has ransomed will come back on this road and they will sing all their way home to Zion. And Zion means presence of God, that we are walking along the road back to God. You are welcomed, You are welcomed back home with gifts of joy and gladness as all sorrows and sighs scurry into the night. And today, I know this is bold and this may be uncomfortable, but if you need to pray, if you need to use your voice in this moment, I ask that you get out of your comfort zone, whether it's coming up to the front, and sitting on your knees. Maybe it's extending your hands up to God. Maybe it's squeezing the person's hand next to you and saying, I need prayer. But I challenge you in this moment to use your voice, to not let another moment or a day go by of you feeling voiceless. Maybe you feel mute. And I just wanna pray over you right now. So if you want prayer, come forward. We have people here, leadership, you can come up, our staff, board of directors, prayer team, you can come up. And I just want this to be a moment for you to receive. If I'm speaking about my own life, the moments of me getting out of my seat and coming forward are the moments I am not kidding you have transformed my life. I would not be here right now if I did not give God and surrender to him my sin, my weakness, my struggles, my shame, my depression, anxiety, the list goes on. And so right now we want to make this a holy moment. And band, you can start singing. I'm just gonna pray over you. And if you wanna come forward, we ask for you to receive. God, open our umbrella. We open it right now, God. We take that first step, the scariest step. God, and I just pray right now for the highway that we are on. I pray that we all come on that highway, God. I pray against us feeling scattered or weak or alone or abandoned, God. I pray that we see people for who they are and where they are at, God. I pray for this to be a moment where we identify where we are. Where are we at in our road? Where are we at in our life, God? And I just pray now for the voiceless to cry out. Use our voice, even if it's saying, "I am broken. I need help. I am lonely. I feel weak." If there's anger that is welling up that you need to release. Maybe it's a righteous anger of saying no more to your old ways, no more to the enemy, to the lion, to the devil winning anymore. God, I pray for you to take captive every thought in this room. I I just pray over the depression and the anxiety, God. I pray for the heaviness to fall. I pray for hands to be lifted up, for them to receive what you have for them. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill our minds. Fill our bodies, God. Fill it up, Jesus. Fill it up use us. You are the God of the rescue. I pray for reconciliation and restoration and transformation, God. We pray for this new season that we are about to just go on together, God, and you have maps, and you are our guide, and we are not afraid. We are not a building. God, you are in this. You are in this city, and we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, for you to do the work. I pray for the unanswered prayers in this room, God. I pray for miracles to happen, God. And I just pray for people to cry out. No prayer is too small, God. No prayer is too big. And we just lift this up in your name. Amen.
2: His fun creations, pride and adoration, treasures woven by his love his careful hands they hold us safe with.
1: To describe to you how I feel this morning, it feels a little bit like in the last day of school. We have been in this church for, in this building, sorry, we've been in church a lot longer, but we've been in this building for 600 days. I figure that's 86 weeks of Sundays, let's call it 175 ish services. I just gotta be honest, I know for a fact that God moved every single time. I'm just 100% confident, but I'm also super confident in what God's gonna do next. Now one of the things we've done, if not every, almost every single service, is we say a prayer together. And this prayer is just an opportunity to surrender to Jesus and take one more step towards trusting Him. So would you guys do this with me as the very last service in the castle? Let's say this prayer together. Oh, give him a second. There we go. Let's do it. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Amen. Now let's celebrate those that maybe said that for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on. We also want to celebrate another group of people. Let's celebrate those that are here for the very first time today. Come on. If that's you, would you take some time and go visit our friends at that welcome table in the back? We've got a coffee gift card for you. We'd love to celebrate you more. And I've got one last thing I'd love to do with you guys. And you might know the words. I think you probably do. But there is a song that came out in 1998 by a local Minnesota band that happened to make it big. And there was a line that said, Closing time, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Echo Church, we love you. Can't wait to see you next week. We'll see you at 11 o'clock. Have an awesome week, everybody.